$60 million worth of treasure from the Empire's architectural ornaments, personal jewels, idols and serviceware, things hauled off from temples, from aristocratic households, and maybe even from graves. By the next July, however, the Spaniards had determined there was no way that they could keep Atahualpa prisoner. They either had to ship him out of the Inca Empire, or they had to execute him, and they chose the latter. So on July 26, 1533, the Spaniards executed the last independent ruler of the Andean Empire of the Incas. In light of the divisions that had already riven the empire, Pizarro's decision touched off the collapse of the four parts together, or Tehuantinsuyu, as the Incas called the Grand Realm. In this course, I'd like to bring the Inca Empire back to life for you. I'd like to describe how a small ethnic group of 100,000 people living around Cusco in southern Peru came to dominate the entire world as they knew it. I'd like to explain how the Incas built on thousands of years of Andean history and statecraft to create their domain, and ultimately try to explain why it proved so fragile. In order to do this, we're going to look at a series of topics. We're going to start out looking at the Andean setting, the environment, and the Inca predecessors, and then look at the origins of Inca power. We're going to look at the mythological origins of the Incas, how they founded Cusco, and their history before they began to emerge as the dominant power of the central Andes. Then we'll move on to the formation of the Inca Empire itself, the sequence of conquests that brought 10 to 12 million people under their rule. The next series of lectures are going to take us into the heartland. We'll take a look at Cusco, which the Incas called the navel of the universe, and at the royal estates of the sacred valley of the Incas, sites like Machu Picchu, Ollantaytambo, which are some of the archaeological glories of the world. We'll then shift into the way that the Incas thought about the order of things. We're going to take a look at political power. We're going to take a look at their views of the cosmos, how the powers of the sky and the earth, the past and the present, interacted to create a domain in which time past, time future, and the present were all melted into a single unified domain. Then we're going to do a series of lectures on what life was like in the provinces, how the Incas built their empire, how they established their state farms, their lands and temples given over to the sun, the artisanry and the artistry that was dedicated to statecraft. And finally, we'll take a look at the Spanish invasion, what it was about the character of the Inca empire and the attack by the Spanish invaders that brought down such a majestic society so rapidly. Let's begin our tour of the Inca Empire by finding out what is an Inca. Basic thing that we need to get an understanding of. Uh, properly speaking, the Incas were an ethnic group that lived in and around Cusco in the southern Peruvian highlands. There were probably no more than 100,000 real Incas, although some people were named honorary Incas. But what this small group managed to do was to use other societies to dominate 10 to 12 million people. So. If we take a look at the population of the entire Andes and the Incas, there were maybe a hundred people in the Andes for every Inca who was part of that ruling elite. The word Inca also means ruler in Quechua, which was the Inca language, so that the ruler's title was the unique Inca, or in Quechua, Sapa Inca. This group appeared on the landscape archaeologically sometime after 1000 AD, and they became imperial rulers by the 15th century AD. So we're going to go from a very small village society of communities no more than 10 or 20,000 people all the way up to an imperial state. And how that process occurred is going to be explored throughout the duration of this course. 
According to the Inca's own vision of themselves, their rule lasted only about a century and was terminated by the Spanish invasion in 1532. And they saw themselves as having only 13 rulers on a conventional king list. So we go from the Inca creation to the end of independent Inca rule in the space of 13 generations. So now that we know basically what an Inca is, let's return back to the story of the Spanish encounter with the Incas. When the Spaniards invaded the Inca Empire, the Inca reaction was one much less of awe than anger and disbelief. Who were these men who dared kill the Sapa Inca subjects? Who were these men who raped the holy women? Atahualpa, who was still free at that time, wanted to see them in person. He wanted to examine them, he wanted to capture their horses and breed them before ultimately disposing of these unwanted invaders. Because he had just been victorious in this grand dynastic war that pitted half of an empire against the other half, he felt he had nothing to fear from the Spaniards. But he couldn't have been more wrong. To our eyes, the collapse of the Inca Empire in the face of an invasion by 168 Spaniards seems inconceivable. And it probably seemed like that.